we have been on a little pause through our series in the book of Acts, uh, and we'll get back to Acts next week, but this is the last little, this is the last part of a little three-part series encouraging us to recognize that church and being a disciple of Jesus is not what happens primarily when we sit as we're sitting now. That we cannot truly follow and become who Jesus calls us to be. The primary experience of being a part of the body of Christ happens by what we do when we sit in rows, but it happens as we grow in relationships. We've talked each of the last few weeks about the 59 scriptures that are commands from God that, mean, that, we, that are summarized around this phrase, one another, one another. About 15% of these address how we can grow in humility. And we talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Uh, a third of these talk about how we can grow in unity. And another third talk about how we can grow in loving one another. And we have study guide, our sermon notes, and you're welcome to, to look at those more when you go home and you can pick one up as you go out today if you like, if you didn't have them. But our goal here at Spencerville is that every member, every person connected to the Spencerville Church will connect to Jesus through connecting with others within smaller communities. And that by doing so, all ministry to one another and flowing out of the church will come from these smaller communities of faith. The truth is, is that the one another commands that are in the Bible, the 59 commands that are in the Bible in the New Testament specifically, are actually not commands that you can keep on your own. Did you know that? There are commands that you cannot keep on your own. You cannot follow Jesus fully in isolation. We limit our growth as disciples when we try to do this life in isolation. We need to move away from being this being the focus of our church to meeting in circles with other believers, to study, to pray, and to serve. I was reading just recently a, a book that uh, a colleague of mine, Tara Van Cross, who is a pastor out at Azure Hills Seventh Adventist Church, wrote on discipleship. And I didn't write her, her quote down, but I thought it was a good quote. She said, the call of discipleship is to share the gospel and to share our lives with one another. And I thought that was a good description. So today we're going to look at growing in love. And to do so, we are in the book of John chapter 15, which Lauren read to us. So we're not going to go through it all again, but I'm going to summarize it for you. And also to shorten up this sermon, as I know, again, when you've been sitting here for a bit and some of you, I know it's your first time in church in over 18 months. And so you might be getting a little restless. Jane, is that you? I don't know. Yes. Yes. She said, yes, she's getting a little restless. So she's like, why did I sit on the front row? Now I can't leave. John chapter 15, verses one through eight are a metaphor for our connection to God through his son, Jesus Christ. This is the text that says, I am the vine, you are the branches. We just heard it read, it's familiar to us. We've heard it in our lives. Verses nine through 16 are Jesus's commentary on these verses. 
So there's a metaphor in verses one through eight, and then Jesus gives us commentary on what he is saying in the metaphor. And then verse 17 is, is a transitional, a transitional verse statement that sets up the picture or sets up the contrast between those who are truly disciples of Jesus and those who are actually disciples of the world. In the metaphor, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And the illustration that we are connected to the vine, how Jesus, the, the metaphor that Jesus uses to show that we are connected to the vine, connected to Jesus, is that we bear fruit. And, and it doesn't say that you bear a single piece of fruit or that you once in a while in certain times maybe show a slight example that you are a disciple of Jesus. But, but the text actually says that we what? Bear much fruit or bear many fruits, depending on what your verse or your version you are using. How do we know if we are bearing fruit or abiding in Jesus? Well, verse 10, this has become some of the commentary that Jesus gives. Verse 10 tells us that we'll know if we are truly disciples of Jesus and that the world will know that we are truly disciples of Jesus if you keep my commands, if you follow my commands. In our first sermon, I talked about how we as Adventists, when we hear this phrase, keep my commandments, we are prone to limit this to a set of 10 in the book of Exodus, which is a wonderful set of 10, and we love those commands, but, but we need to recognize that those commands were a summary of, of what Jesus was going to illustrate to us in his life in so many other ways. And, and sometimes as Adventists, not only do we focus on 10, but, but we can kind of come down to narrow it down to, to one. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy, which is a wonderful commandment. And I love this commandment. Uh, some friends of ours recently taught us a new tradition. And last night we did it for the first time as our family where, where uh, it involves eating bread and reading the text. And it's like a Jewish thing, I don't know, but it was awesome. And we, and, we, and we say, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And we love it. It was beautiful. It was wonderful. And then my three boys sang to us and Christina started crying. I'm going to cry now thinking about it. Um, and it was wonderful. Uh, what was I talking about? Man, well, we're emotional dudes up here today. <laughs> Listen, young men, real men cry. Um, but, but we narrow it down to these things. But, but Jesus came into this world and he put sunshine. He illuminated what it meant to follow God's commandments. And that's exactly what happens in verse 12. Jesus then summarizes what he means by the commands. What, what illustration is it that we are keeping God's commands? Verse 12 of, of John chapter 15. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Have you ever, like me, wondered if you are really growing in your relationship with Jesus? Have you ever had those moments where you go, am I, am I walking with the Lord? Am I growing with the Lord? Am I, am, I, am I being renewed day by day? Here is an answer right here in the scripture of, of, of one evidence. You are building relationships with fellow believers that are stretching 
and strengthening the muscles of your heart to love more as Jesus loves. Guess what? That doesn't happen sitting the way you're sitting right now. It only happens in the growth of relationships. We build relationships not by sitting like this, but we build relationships by sitting with one another in smaller communities, getting to know each other, people that are like us and people that are very different than us, people that have the background like us and the people that have very different backgrounds, people that maybe have some views like us and some people that have different views than us. This is how we grow in relationships. We all understand this. We must acknowledge the counter of what is said here. If being connected to Jesus is illustrated in loving one another, and this is what the fruit is, that we are growing in relationships with one another, then we must recognize that if we are disconnecting from our fellow believers, if we are pulling away in, in anger, in strife, in bitterness from one another, that we are actually disconnecting from Jesus himself. If we are becoming less loving, if we have bitterness, if we have unforgiveness, if, if we have a critical spirit in us and all those anti-love sentiments against our fellow believers, then we are not connecting to the vine. If you love me, keep my commandments. This is a sign of my commandments that you love one another. John, who, who wrote down Jesus' words here in the Gospel of John, wrote three other epistles, and he also wrote the book of Revelation, but, but, but he wrote three other epistles. And, and in the first one, in John, 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 and 21, he expounds upon this and he quotes Jesus from this passage. Whoever claims to love God, yet hates a brother or sister, is a liar. Now, I know the word hate is very strong. My kids sometimes will say, hey, and we say, hey, we don't say hate in our family. We may dislike very, 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 very strongly, but, but we don't hate, especially not, not any people. Hate is a strong word. Hate sounds like a murderous word, but, but we have to remember that the Bible tells us that, that if you have anger in your heart against one another, if you have bitterness, if you have resentment, unforgiveness. This is the same as hate. These things I commit, or, or John says, whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother and sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. And he who has given us this command, anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. And there John is quoting from his own book in Jesus' words in John chapter 15. Because Jesus himself in John chapter 15, verses 17, verse 17 says, these things I command you so that you will love one another. And here he's contrasting. This is that transitional verse into contrasting against the world. If the world hates you, know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love you as its own, but because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Verse 17 is that transitional sentence. One more time, reminding disciples of Jesus that, that, that true disciples of Jesus grow in love 
for one another. And then Jesus steps into a description of the world and over and over again, hate, hate, bitterness, persecution, anger. The description of the world and the followers of Jesus. I know this. I cannot grow in love and you cannot grow in love unless I grow in relationships with others. Well, I love my wife and I love my kids. No, 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 no. Others, one another, the body of Christ. If I'm not growing in love for my fellow believers, if I'm bitter, I'm hateful, I'm, 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 I'm attacking others, I, I'm holding on to some level of unforgiveness against others, then folks, John is, is really a very black and white writer. We all love John because he's, he's the most loving. And I always tell new believers, what should I read in the Bible? Read John. I mean, John is just full of love. But John is still very black and white. You're either with Jesus and growing in your love for him and love for others, or you're with the world. And for John, there is no in-between. There is no in between. So are we here at Spencerville in this community, those watching online, are we growing as disciples of Jesus? I would tell you that I don't think we can grow fully as disciples of Jesus if this is the primary sum or the major experience of being part of the body of Christ. In fact, I've witnessed it with my own eyes during COVID that that, that God can do amazing things and bring amazing uh, outcomes and, and connect people that were previously unconnected to help one another grow when we move out of this and into smaller communities, which is why I've been hammering this again and again for these last three weeks. And next week, you'll get a pause from this, but I hope that you will plan to be a part of one of our small groups or we're calling our connect groups. Because... We want to be true disciples of Jesus. I don't think anyone walks in here and says, I don't really want to be a disciple of Jesus. But we've somehow become convinced that this is enough. And it's not. It's not. We can't grow in love this way. And I want to illustrate that for you right now. And so that's my sermon. I'm done. So now I'm just going to talk to people, okay? And I'm going to invite a couple of friends up here. My friends, uh, Chad and Ed, and they have their microphones. This is Chad Holm. People wonder if we're related because Chad's name is Chad, of course, and Holm, spelled H-O-L-M, is my wife's maiden name. And, uh, oh, you took your mask off already. Show everyone because I want everyone to see how loyal you are. Look, he had an Orioles mask on. And I just think, I mean, this guy, once he likes you, he'll be a true friend because they are the worst team in baseball. <laughs> and uh, you can already feel the love. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, here's the thing, folks. Sometimes... True love is telling your friends the truth, right? And, <laughs> and this team. But it's nice because now they're begging us to go to games for almost free, so it works I out. Know, it's true. Uh, this is Chad and Ed, and they are two folks that have been members of this church for a while. And uh, they are in a connect group together, a small group together, and they joined that group during COVID. And so I asked them to come up here and, and I want you guys, I'll start with you, Ed. Tell me prior to joining the Connect Group, how much did you know about Chad? 
I did not know Chad at all. Not at all. Zero. You, you didn't. You wouldn't have been able to pick him out of a lineup. You can. Yeah. Uh, as the spouse of a teacher, you meet a lot of people, and after getting to know Chad, I found out that his son had been in my wife's class, but I could not remember meeting him before. So sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and Chad, what did you know about Ed? Oh, this is uh, Mrs. Tenali's husband. That's how you knew him, as yep. Mrs. Tenali's husband, because as Ed just shared, his son was in uh, mm -hmm. his, Ed's wife's class, who's one of our, mm -hmm. our teachers, so Ed's blaming it on his wife that he didn't know her. <laughs> Anyways, and uh, so they didn't know each other at all. Now, here's the thing. I want you to understand this. For years, every single Sabbath, almost, because these are both pretty faithful attenders, they are in the same room, in the same building, worshiping together. And they had no idea really who each other were. It's because Ed sits right there where uh, his wife and lovely daughters are sitting, just right there, just a few rows back. And, and Chad was sitting back, sits back there with his wife, Julia, and their son, Zach, back where Chris is sitting. Mm -hmm. Hi, Chris. And so even though they're in the same room, they're sitting in rows and one walks out and one maybe walks out that way, one walks out that way, and they never, ever interact or have any connection at all until they join a connect group. Now, of course, you're not going to join a connect group with everybody in the church, so you're not going to meet everybody, but, 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 but connect groups connect us to people that we would not normally otherwise be connected to and help us to grow. And so that's what I want to ask you about. Chad, I want you to tell me I, I know you guys are friends, so we're just gonna, they're friends now. Tell me why you love Ed. Thank you. Ed is, uh, I've gotten to know Ed through the Connect Group, and he's just an amazing, caring, genuine guy. I mean, he works at a hospital, which during a pandemic must have been quite scary, but he gives back. He gives fun things to staff and to patients to lift them up. Um, we would connect around sports, um, around stories, laugh together. Uh, one of the things that I think stood out for me the most was Ed told a story about how he would witness to his neighbors as he was out walking his dog, kind of connecting with them, showing his genuine love for Jesus. And I would think to myself, I could do that. I could do that too. And he's an amazing dresser. <laughs> <laughs> I've been blessed. <laughs> Thank you for that. Ed, can you share with me what you love about Chad? Clearly, Chad has a fantastic sense of humor. And uh, in spending time with him, getting to know him, uh, more than just him being very easygoing, so easy to get along with, I tell my kids all the time that I'm very easygoing. And, uh, and now that they're both in middle school, they clearly point out that I'm not. And they give me a list of examples how I'm not. It's very detailed. And in meeting him, I clearly am not a, like a carefree person. But he is, he's so easy to like, he's so easy to get along with. Uh, but then at deeper levels, I found out that he works with uh, mental health and he, and he cares for the homeless population in DC, which I really admire. It takes, it, it takes a lot of compassion. Um, in spending time on Zoom calls in our small group and, and sharing ideas, going over Christian books. He, he empathizes so much with others uh, where he brings a side of a conversation, a side of a, uh, a topic 
that I would have never thought about on my own. So I uh, have grown in just discussions with him about life uh, and then in spending time with him and his family and the other families uh, on Sabbaths, it's made me look forward to Sabbath so much more, yeah. e even though I did before, but it's a more all day enjoyment, something to look forward to. It's a blessing to, to get to know True. him more and, and, and celebrate uh, friendship beyond just the church. Thank you. Two men saying how much they appreciate and love each other. Isn't that good? I'm not gonna make them hug up here or anything. <laughs> <laughs> And they've served together. They've gone down to D.C. and ministered yeah. the homeless now together. And uh, God just has blessed them. Chad, would you say that your life is better because of having connected with Ed? Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. Ed, would you say the same thing? Absolutely. And we didn't practice this, so this is all genuine. All right? Thank you, guys. You can sit down. Thank I you. love you both. And uh, thanks for enjoying. I'm going to invite now my buddy, G. Chang, up. Uh, G. Chang is also in a connect group, and um, I want you to understand how, how the, the, when we choose to get outside of ourselves and connect with others, how God can use that in very challenging times when people most need to know that they are loved. Um, G's wife, sorry, yeah, I told you, I told you. <laughs> Uh, G's wife, Marcy, passed away in March, um, 51 years old, two sons in high school, and uh, had a very rare form of cancer. Uh, and, but in the midst of all that, and during COVID, uh, G and Marcy each joined separate uh, connect groups, small groups. And G, I just want to ask you to share with this church family how being connected to one of those was a blessing through just a year that that there's trials beyond our imagination. Sure. Um, the word blessing. Some time ago, um, I was in a houseware store and found this uh, sign, like this wooden sign um, that spelled out blessing. So I brought it home and put it in our living room. Just as a reminder of, you know, how blessed we truly are, <clears throat> even through, through all this, you know, trial and, and uh, turmoil. Um, that 2020 and 2021 brought our family. And I truly believe that um, small groups is, is one of God's instruments of grace um, to us, um, that we may use it, be part of it, you know, to, to connect with people, to study His Word, um, and to be blessed. Um, you know, I see a lot of um, our small groups uh, friends here, and it, the small groups helped me to put more emphasis on studying the Bible, studying the material that we were going over. So each week, um, I would make it a point to really hone in on that information so that I could bring something to contribute, you know, each week that we, we met. Because I didn't want to be that guy, you know, <laughs> that didn't bring anything to the table, you know, so... Um, it just gave me an extra push. And same with Marcy. Um, she studied um, the Word um, as much as she could throughout her um, illness. And she loved meeting with all her um, small group friends um, Sabbath mornings. 
Now, is this your first small group you were ever a part of? Yes, it is. It was. And, um, you know, as, as an Asian male, you know, it's hard. I don't want to stereotype, but... It's okay. You're, you're Asian male, so you can stereotype <laughs> all you want. If you're stereotype Asian males, that's like me saying the white males, you can say Asian males. So I mean, we're generally, you know, you know, brought up not to show too much emotion um, and, you know, showing vulnerability. But um, as soon as we started this small group, you know, you know, we're all opening up so much that we probably normally would enough, you know, if we didn't, weren't in that intimate, smaller, you know, environment. And we would talk about, you know, family dynamics and um, past histories and, and our experiences and things like that. It's an invaluable. And those are the things that really bring people together, those experiences. I, I want uh, G to share with you a particular moment. I, in the midst of all this and when, when things really... Uh, uh, got even to a, a more difficult point with Marcy. I stopped by his house one afternoon and to, to just say, is there anything that we can do for you? Uh, what can we do? And he began to tell me how these groups that he and Marcy were a part of were already doing so much. And he specifically mentioned, I said, well, do you have anybody to talk to or anything? And he specifically told me a story and I would like you to share that about uh, one of your uh, connect group members. Sure, part of the blessings that we received during um, Marcy's illness um, was uh, meals coming to the house. And at first I was a little reluctant because I'm, I'm not the type of person who easily receives, you know, that kind of thing. But um, I felt like I was, you know, overwhelmed with everything. So I was like, yes, you know, bring food. And, and it was so much appreciated. And Rohan was one of the um, guys in our small groups that would bring over food on a regular basis. And, you know, we got to know Rohan a little bit through the small groups, but then as he stopped by, we would chat outside um, in our front door and just talk about all kinds of things. You know, at, at first it was probably just icebreaker things, but as we started to get to know each other better, you know, we'd talk about school and our, you know, college experience and our jobs and all these things. And it just gave me some comfort, you know, because I was dealing with such heavy things for him to come and just chit-chat, and it, it just took a lot of weight off. And also, Rohan, I don't know if you guys know, but he is a um, HR professional, so he was able to help me with a lot of um, paperwork that I needed to get through, you know, for, like, um, disability and things like that. So I really appreciated his expertise on that. When I showed up there and asked this, and he begins to tell me this, I thought, this is the body of Christ and how it's supposed to work. No pastor sent Rohan, no, he just was in this group and he came by and he would stand outside and talk to G and help him with paperwork, which I didn't even know about either to do that. I mean, Paul writes in Galatians that, you know, we're to carry each other's burdens. Yeah. And this is true testament of carrying, you know, the burdens that I had, you know, people coming and, and helping me out. And it just makes me want to kind of, you know, give back yeah. through, through small groups. Amen. You told one other story about the impact of small groups and, and new people that I didn't know about until just you told it in first service. So will you share that about, we had a prayer uh, uh, vigil, vigil around your house during COVID because we couldn't, so we circled their whole house like Jericho. 
uh, to pray. And, uh, and why don't you tell that story? Sure. So we had a prayer vigil for Marcy um, and uh, during the um, proceedings, the, a couple came up to me and introduced themselves. And I, I apologize, I forget their names, but they're new to Spencerville. They just started with Spencerville like a month before COVID hit. So they really, really didn't get to know anyone. Um, but they were gracious, gracious enough to come to the prayer vigil. And I was like, how did you even know about it? And they said, hey, our small groups, you know, mentioned it. Um, they said, let's, you know, let's go there and, and pray. And I was just so impressed and, and so thankful that they came and prayed with us. That's, that's the power of this. The, 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 how did you know about this event? Well, the small groups. That's what we said. Everyone connecting and all ministry flowing towards one another and outside of the church through these groups. I brought up men here on purpose, folks. Uh, ladies, God bless you. You are better at this than us, 100%. And most of our signups are ladies. Uh, but we as men need these connect points as well. We need to be there for one another. We need to care for one another and grow in this uh, in, in love for one another. And G, I thank you so much for being willing to come up here and share. You did better than I did. G said, I'm not gonna make it through. And you did better than I did, but, but we just love you so much, G. And, and I praise God. Rohan, I invited Rohan. It's not we didn't keep Rohan out, but he can't walk right now. So he's uh, at home probably watching. I know Rohan, so he's crying. And, uh, and uh, but, but even after, I mean, I talked to Rohan just the other day and he said she had checked up on him and his foot and whatever is going on. And so it's just, a, it's just a blessing. You want to say something else? I see it. Do you want to tell the men out here to? Absolutely. Um, you know, as men, it's not typical for us to kind of open up to each other, but I've experienced it firsthand that, you know, when, when we do share experiences, what we're going through, you know, that just takes a lot of weight off of you. And I know a lot of us are in, you know, very stressful job situations and family dynamics and, and for, for to share in the word and our own experiences and things like that. It's just, um, it's such a blessing. So I encourage all, all the men here to go sign up. You heard that? Yeah. When we're done here, walk out to the table, sign up. In September, we'll have more information for you. But folks, by this all will know that you're my disciples, that you have love one to another. That will not happen in isolation. And it will not happen if you sit there and you sit there and you just walk out and never see each other again. So let us all pray that God will convict our hearts to grow with one another in relationships. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for loving us enough to know that we would need others when you are not here physically in our presence. Lord, I pray that we will trust you, that your methods and your ways are the right ways. As Ellen White wrote, she was shown by one who cannot err, that when a church is large, they need to gather into smaller groups to care for each other and to care for the world. 
Lord, help us to trust that one who cannot err, Jesus Christ. Lord, there are more people like G that are going through challenges that need this. Lord, may we be a family that comes around them and loves them. There are more people like Ed and Chad that would grow, that would be stretched to be better evangelists, that would stretch to be better, to be more empathetic in their homes and in the world. If they just stepped outside of their comfort zone to know one another and to love one another. Help us all to be faithful, Jesus, to all your commands. And may all the world know that we are your disciples. In your name I pray, amen.